In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, I just got back from a trip to Minnesota, and uh, as per usual, I heard some stories about Ole and Lena. Ole came home from work. He was all tired and frazzled, and as soon as he got in the door, Lena says, Oofta, Ole, have we got troubles? And Ole says, Woman, stop it right there. I've had a bad day. I don't want to hear about any of your troubles. I've got plenty of my own. I only want to hear good news. Well, all right then, she said. Here's the good news. One of our two toilets didn't overflow. And one of our two cars didn't blow up. And three out of our four children didn't break their arm. They had troubles. In our gospel lesson for today, Jesus said that the Lord has troubles too. And it's not just nuclear proliferation, disease, hunger, war, poverty, any stuff like that. That's trouble he has too. But all of that is encompassed by one other big trouble. And that is that he has a tremendous harvest out there and not enough workers to bring it in. If you've got any farm background like I do, you know how anxiety producing that can be. You've got corn or soybeans out there and it, it's ready to harvest and it's too wet or it's snowing, you can't get out there. And uh, I think probably next week I'll be having my hay cut down and I'll be hoping to get that up before it gets all wet, get it in the barn. Ah, the harvest is waiting. And what Jesus meant by this harvest is that there are lost and needy people out there who really need the message of salvation, need the good news, and can't seem to get it to them. Jesus had problems with that because even though he was around for three years, it was clear he was not going to get to everybody uh, to, to share the good news with them personally. He was counting on his followers to do that. And G- Jesus never even made out of Palestine, so surely he was not going to get that done. But he wanted his followers too, and he gave them that commission, the great commission, that they should go out and do the harvest. That is, give people the message of salvation. Be good news to them. So the disciples had that task, And Jesus had a rather simple recipe, kind of like Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, original recipe or Coca-Cola Classic original recipe. This is Jesus' recipe. The first part of it is give a clear and simple message to people. And here it is. The Lord God is near. He is present. He is alive. He is concerned. And he wants everybody to be close to him so much so that he sent his son to die in our place to show us that love and whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. That was it. That was the simple message. And the second part of the recipe is, and who should this message go to? And that is anybody who is in need. He was not talking about people who have a lot of money or a lot of influence or you know, are important in any way. He was talking about those who need the message of the gospel the most should receive it. Others may or not take it in, but he wanted them to have it. So the poor, the widow, the orphan, the stranger, the distressed, the grieving, all of these are the people where you start sharing the good news. The gospel message is for all of those who are hurting or who are sick. 
Jesus said uh, just last week, he said uh, in the gospel that those who are well don't need a physician. It's just those who are sick, which reminds me of my favorite limerick. I've, I've told you this one before, but I still like it. It goes like this. A doctor fell into a well and broke his collarbone. The doctor should attend the sick and leave the well alone. That's what Jesus thought, that the great doctor, the great physician, was going to attend the sick and leave the well alone. Those who were so righteous they didn't need a God, fine. What about the people who do need a God? And really, who doesn't? So the second part of that recipe was go to the people who are hurting. Go to those people who have uh, things going on like widows and orphans and all those others that we mentioned and give them an attitude of compassion. That was the next part of the recipe. Go with compassion. There's no looking down the nose. There's no arrogance. There's no superiority. It is only a message of compassion to those people who need it. The next part of the recipe is for the disciples to be just regular folks. And that is, he didn't want a, a, a lot of uh, hierarchy involved. He just wanted regular guys so that regular people would assume that this salvation is for them. You notice in choosing his 12 disciples, there is not one religious professional in the whole bunch. All of them are common laborers or tax collectors or worked in, in positions like that. There's no uh, seminary students there. Jesus didn't go to the uh, great rabbis of the day and say, hey, who are your top students here? I'd like to recruit those to be disciples. No, he wanted ordinary guys. Uh, if, if you're ever paying attention to uh, multi-level marketing techniques, you'll know that one of the things that they tell you is you have to be relatable to other people. Don't, don't make your message too slick or people will think it's not for them, that you have to be special or really good at it to do this. So, so just make it relatable. And that's what he wanted, guys who were relatable. And you know this is true, because even today it's the same thing. I would ask you this question. How many of you came to Christ through a religious professional? How many of you came to Christ through a, an evangelist or a famous televangelist? Or for that matter, even your pastor? Versus how many of you came to Christ through a regular person? Your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, your best friend. It's that, isn't it? I read some statistics that said that uh, there is less than 1%, that's actually one quarter of 1%, of people who come to faith in Christ through a famous evangelist, televangelist, or famous religious person. So clearly, this part of the recipe is still working because if you think about it, my hunch is most of you came to faith through some regular garden variety Christian. So that's our task. That's our mission. That's our great commission. This is for you. This is for me. Uh, Lutherans are not always on board in saying the words of salvation, uh, what, sharing their faith with others. We're a little better at actually doing the gospel message than we are at saying it. It might be the gospel message, of course, would be anything that somebody needs. So if you're hungry, the gospel message is, I have food. 
If you're poor, the gospel message is, I have clothing and food and supplies. If you're a grieving widow, the gospel message is, I am with you with my presence and my prayers and my support. If you are a teenager, the gospel message might be, finally, I did something right and somebody recognized it. If you're in grade school, the gospel message might be, I need to be a friend to this young person who is not included and, and make them part of my circle and make them feel accepted like they belong. The gospel message is different depending on what you need. It has to be good news when the person hears it or it's not the gospel, it's something else. But as I said, you know, sometimes we may even have to use words, not just show the gospel to people, but we may have to use words. We may have to share our faith and say, this is what I believe. This is what God has done for me. And that is our task. So, at this time, we need to look around and see there are hurting people all over. And the gospel message is going to be a little different now than it was, say, two or three months ago. But the gospel message is still that God is alive and near and cares. And we care. And the hope is that even Lutherans will go out and share that gospel message. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the field to harvest. Send you. Send me. Send us, Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.